This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Carnage Cast. This is episode 47, and I'm Tyler. With me in this episode is. Uh, it's Rod, back again. Rod is our board game field marshal, and he's representing miniatures today because. Uh, this episode of Carnage Cast is going to give a little preview into the miniatures and role-playing games on the schedule for Carnage on the Mountain 2013. That's correct. So, Rod, are you prepared to give the mini skinny? I can, I can. Uh, you know, it's not my area of expertise, but uh, I've looked at them and it looks like we've got a great, great selection of miniatures coming for Carnage this year. So. Okay, so car- miniatures at Carnage usually fall in two broad stripes, right? Yeah, we have uh, fantasy miniatures and, of course, historical miniatures. Right. And, you know, and we're pretty well balanced between the two this year, it looks like. So, um, you know, fantasy, of course, is either Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Warhammer, mm-hmm. War Machine, anything like that. Um, and even some alternate history stuff that may or may not have ha- that did not happen, but, you know, people put their own twist on it. So Yeah, so the big... Char- the big characteristics are things like uh, elves, lasers, stompy robots. You got it. You got it. Then that's uh, that's exactly what fantasy is. And of course, history is just replaying battles that occur, mm-hmm. seeing if you can change the outcome or make the outcome hold, or you know. So we got a uh, good selection of both this year, okay. and a good selection of tournaments in both historical and fantasy. So the Northern Conspiracy puts on centuries of conflict. Uh, they usually choose one century to represent each year. Um, they changed their format a little bit this year, and it's going to be black powder from here on in. So it'll be pretty much anything from 1650 on to the late 1800s. Um, and we have quite a few, uh, ten, 10 at least, uh, events, maybe more, um, that fall into that range. Napoleonics to Revolutionary War, Civil War, um, stuff like that. And we actually have a number of games, being Vermonters and uh, moving closer to New York, that uh, have a local flavor to them, specifically about the uh, the Revolutionary War. We have games on the Battle of Bennington. We just went by Bennington Battle Day, of course, here in Vermont, where we, you know, all our state offices are closed. Treasured State Holiday. That's right. It is a Treasured State Holiday. Um, and, of course, you know, leading up to the Battle of Bennington, you had, we have the Battle of Saratoga. Uh, the retreat from Ticonderoga, the Battle of Hubberton, um, and a, a what I think is a fascinating battle that occurred in Vermont, and people forget about it because it was a naval battle on Lake Champlain, is the Battle at Valcour Island, which is being presented this year. And what's the context for that for Valcour Island? When, when was that? Val- Valcour Island was in uh, 1776, I believe. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but it's, uh, it was a battle Benedict Arnold had his boats on the, on the lake at Valcour Island, and they fought the British who were trying to come down the islands and and take the forts below, whether it be uh, Edward or um, uh, Ticonderoga, mm-hmm. uh, the various forts that were down Crown Point. Um, so he uh, he defended Lake Champlain from uh, an inv- early invasion. And is that one of those ragtag fleet of rafts and fishing boats against the British? It was. Um, it was, you know, he did have some, some bigger boats, and actually I had the opportunity to visit Smithsonian this, this past summer, and uh, the Philadelphia, which was his main ship, which was on the bottom of Lake Champlain for years, is uh, on display at uh, 
the Smithsonian. They pulled it up in intact. Wow. So so it was a it was it was a minor battle as far as, you know, the war went, other than the fact that Arnold held them off, you know, giving us time to, to reinforce the various forts, but um, you know, major in Vermont history. Cool. Looking forward to see how that plays out this year. I am too, because you know, like I said, it's it's a it's a little known battle. I don't, and it should be an excellent game. Just hope Arnold doesn't turn coat early. No, 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 not, not this early in the war. <laughs> There's also some some good uh, introductory games going on. There's another naval battle called Battle of the Line um, that's being presented in the historicals uh, for people that want to just learn about naval battles. Um, very simple, from what I understand. Uh, you know broadside to broadside mm -hmm. um, and, a, and an airplane air battle which is check your six which is uh, there's going to be an intro of that so if you like uh, aeronautics that's the that's the game to get into so th these are sessions that are geared for people who are just getting into mini yeah they're yes they're they're, they're more introductory section intro, introductory sec uh, sessions um, yeah they should be good so come check those out any highlights in the fantasy genre well the fantasy genre much more friendlier, I think, to, to uh, uh, introductory games. Um, some of the highlights, some of the newer stuff that's coming, uh, of course, is uh, Star Wars X-Wing. We have a couple of slots of that. Again. As featured on Tabletop recently. Correct, correct. Um, kind of a crossover with board games, but uh, these are going to be listed as fantasy miniatures because the miniatures are so beautiful in this game. They really are, i got to say. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge uh, miniatures person, but i got to say that, that uh, they really nailed the Star Wars ones. Um, so there will be some introductory uh, games of that and, and some more advanced games of that going on. We have a Battletech grinder, which will be going on most of the weekend, where you can just jump in and out. Um, old school Battletech, I believe, with some homebrew rules. And Battletech's the one where uh, pilots are driving giant robots? Correct, correct. Battletech, Battletech is, um, you've got these giant robots, and they will do battle across cities and various other terrainscapes. Um, and you have pilots. Uh, it's been around for years and years and years, and um, it's been written, rewritten, and so on. But yeah, yeah, it's a good game. And of course, we have some tournaments. The Warhammer 40k tournament. Uh, it's a futuristic battles, bleak military future history. Almost, I want to, I, I want to use the word dystopian, but it's not really. It's very bleak, very yeah. Nuclear war type stuff. It's it's the far future where science is nearly space magical. marines. That's yep. you know, that's what we're talking about here. Um, war machine, again, more of a more of that very popular game right now. Mm -hmm. um, and um, those are the two big tournaments for fantasy. Uh, and what other fantasy game uh, for kids? Uh, Doctor Nick of RPG, which I'm sure we'll get to talk a little bit about him later in some yep. of his games. He's doing a Champions of the Toy Chest on Sunday for, for uh, 8 and up. And uh, the premise is he's, he's cleaned out his toy chest. And he will have action figures. And these action figures will do battle um, throughout. Uh, I'm not sure what the setting is going to be. But wherever, whether it be the bedroom or the, uh, the toy chest itself or uh, mm -hmm. the backyard. Um, but the key to this is, is uh, if you uh, defeat a toy, you get to take that toy home with you. So... <laughs> He really is cleaning out his toy chest. Yeah, and apparently all, all the toys in the chest have been allying and creating new factions. So the Ninja Turtles might be hanging out with G.I. Joe. I am, I am sure that that will occur. I know that my 10-year-old is looking forward to playing this, and uh, I need more toys at home. You do. 
And just to mention the, you know, I didn't mention the, the, the two historical tournaments we have. We have a Flames of War tournament, mm-hmm. which is World War Two. Two. Um, and you know, it's a tank battle, infantry battle, uh, and that should be fun. Uh, we have something new this year at Carnage. Um, uh, we're going to be adding a DBA tournament. Which would be Daedalus and Tiquitatus. Correct. An- Ancients, Romans, Spartans, um, things like that, much larger scale. Um, and we're looking forward to that. We've been trying to get some Ancients uh, miniatures for a while now, and uh, we're very happy to get some. I hope some of the units are Roman slingers. I was reading a thread recently about how deadly a, a sling properly wielded can be. I, I You know, maybe Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> Davy and Goliath. Well, he was not so good at it. His, no, no. His Davey opponent was. was excellent. That's right. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm sure there is. Again, it's small. It's a small scale battle, so you're talking about you know fewer figures on the on the table. Than, Not a phalanx, but a no, but fraction know, of a phalanx. Fraction of a phalanx, right, right. So, um, you know, that's what's going on in miniatures, and you know, all throughout the weekend, there's going to be plenty to do. So, mm-hmm. even as a non minis player, I like going through the minis area because some of the GMs uh, really go all out in creating their terrain. Absolutely. Not just their terrain, their, their miniature figs. I mean, the painting of some of these are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I am not a huge miniature player, but I love to watch it sometimes because it really is, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And when it's done, and, you know, it's all the movement and the, and the firing and the, you know, the whole nine yards. It's, and like you said, some of the terrain and some of the miniatures are absolutely gorgeous. So. Yeah. The, uh, the Western Frontier Towns, the Field of Zeppelins. And I think uh, the X-Wing minis in particular are going to be gorgeous. I think so. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what, what they do with them because it's not going to be your standard one-on-one. It's going to be a, a scenario. Right. Rebels um, versus the Empire. Correct. So, you know, it's going to be a big Star Wars X-Wing battle versus, you know, just the, the one-on-one version that, that most people play. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a full week of miniature or a full weekend of miniatures. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I'm happy to say that RPGs are looking equally promising. Excellent. So role-playing games sort of break out uh, at Carnage into your living campaigns and then the the GM or creator-driven one-offs. Correct. Uh, and this year we have, uh, for living campaigns, we have the Pathfinder Society, which has been going gangbusters in the last couple of years. Because we've been capturing the, um, the 3.5 D20 OGL movement that was not going where Wizards of the Coast decided to go. Right, right. I've heard... I've heard uh... Pathfinder has really taken off in a lot of areas. Yep. They uh, they, they have a, a production line that staggers me when I think about the number of books they put out in a month. Uh, it's true. And it's not just books. I mean, they put out minis and other things mm-hmm. as well, don't they? Yeah, they just so. had their first deck-building game based on the Pathfinder universe. There you go. And I, I did I, I think I saw, now, uh, I just want to say this, uh, you know, in the board games, there's a Munchkin Pathfinder? Yes, that is a thing now. That is a thing now. I've heard that. And is it going to be a thing at Carnage? Because there is at least one session of that. So Wonderful. Um, along with Carnage Munchkin. Oh, yes. Yeah, which we did not mention in the last board game. Uh, we have a GM who is um, doing some Carnage, uh, a, a Munchkin game uh, variation with Carnage staff members and Carnage memorabilia, memorabilia trivia, uh, past carnages, events from past carnages. So you know, you really should check that out Sunday morning. Um, should be a good a good time. You mm-hmm. know, and maybe you'll recognize a few people from it. Just a few. Yeah. Thomas so, is scouring the internet for pictures. Yeah. So some of the monsters should be pretty scary. 
But before you play that on Sunday morning, you should right. be spending your time in the RPG rooms. Absolutely. Because we're, we're going to be out in the Snowshed Lounge. We have our, our own enclave on the Killington Resort campus. You got it. And along with the Pathfinder, which is going to run all weekend, we have lots of sessions of that for you for the people who need to tick something off their uh, their to-do list or they just want to try out a living campaign. That would be a great occasion to just jump in both feet and see what happens. Uh, additionally, we're going to have some of our long-running GMs coming back, like uh, Andre Krupa, who does his uh, intense theatrical Lovecraftian role-playing sessions. Yeah, that borders on live action, I hear. He doesn't like it when people stand up, so that keeps it on the right <laughs> so People need to stay at the table, but there's there's lighting, there's sound effects, there's music, there's props, it's dark, it's... Role-playing theater. Yes, the, he is excellent at generating a mood and keeping it going. He's, he's running two different adventures, twice each, uh, in the Lovecraft Cthulhu genre. So plenty of opportunities. Yeah, so if you're pre-registering, put him on your list if you're interested, because those slots go fast. They do. Dr. Nick of Panic Productions is running uh, a slate of art role-playing games in addition to Heroes of the Toy Chest. Right. He's running Mouth of Milu from Carnage 10, which is Hawaiian and uh, volcano goddess themed. And then he uh, he's also running something that caught my, my eye, Randomly Generated Title. It's a session where the players are going to get to submit story elements, and then there'll be some dice rolling on table as well to, to generate a story on the fly. Excellent. So it sounds like it could be any genre. It could be genre-bending. Yes, it could be genre-crossing. Genre, genre <laughs> or, you know, but it sounds, it sounds like... I actually, that one caught my eye, too, and it's kind of interesting. Of course, with, with Dr. Nick, it's, you know... Yeah. He's good on the fly, I hear. Yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity to see the monkey dance. That's true. That is true. Uh, it reminds me of a, 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 the Iron GM uh, setup, sort of. Mm-hmm. Where the, the players kind of dictate what the yeah. GM. They bring the ingredients and he makes, makes a souffle it out of them. Right there. Yep. In front of you. Kind of like, you know, sitting at one of those Japanese steakhouses where they have hibachi deli. Mm-hmm. There might be as many knives now that I think about it. <laughs> and a big fire. <laughs> That'll be exciting. Also in that sort of creator uh, presented space, we have uh, Brad Uni, who uh, wrote the role playing game The Unexplained, which uh, is paranormal investigation in the modern day. Mm-hmm. He's running four sessions. We're exploring different phenomena all, all over the place with a particular focus on New England. And then another creator we have coming is Jeff Telanian, who created Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. I got it all in one go. Um, that was very, uh, very impressive. <laughs> it's better than I can do. It's a sword and sorcery Conan-esque uh, D&D homage. So he's sort of harking back to the olden days, but also bringing in a lot of the Robert E. Howard and... Uh, Fritz Lieber material that didn't necessarily get into written Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe. Awesome. Uh, That's one of my favorites. And then you mash in Lovecraft's mythos for uh, good measure. Oh, you know, you can't go wrong with Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. You just can't go wrong. Speaking of Cthulhu, do we have a lot of Cthulhu games other than Andres? We've got a, we've got some choice selections, including uh, novelist C.J. Henderson's running uh, adventure of his called Secrets for Friday and Saturday night. C.J.'s a boring storyteller, so I'm sure it's going to be a good idea and very evocative of the 1930s. Yeah, I would I would expect that that uh, you'll you'll get a good tale out of it. And that's how my PC went insane twice. <laughs> um, and then everything exploded. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and everybody who loves Cthulhu uh, is also running sessions like Bob Lamb is running the Evil Gamers What Game at Midnight. And I believe that's a Cthulhu session. Oh, it might be. Uh, I was going to say it's the Tick, but, you know, we 
the I Am the Evil Bomber what bombs at midnight. But... He's talking subspace ponies. All right, then. <laughs> so maybe it's a Tick Cthulhu crossover. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. The Tick would not understand. Not in the face. Not in the face, Cthulhu. <laughs> so then uh, Bob Lamb is an example of someone who just loves the material and wants to run it. And that's sort of the other stripe of role-playing jam we have. Like Gaylord, for instance. Oh, geez, Gaylord. Yeah. Uh, Elder Statesman of Carnage is running two sessions of a Cthulhu uh, campaign called uh, Grandpa's Knob. What are we talking? 1920s, 1930s, modern times? It's actually during World War II, as I recall. That was the setup he pitched to me. Uh, listeners can go uh, fish around in the archives for the full details, but the sketch is uh, a troop of Boy Scouts goes up on Grandpa's Knob, which is east of Rutland uh, during the, the war, or just post-war. Spooky things happen because something's trashed in the windmill up there. Nice. Yeah, uh, he's doing two sessions, one for the, the regular adult set and one for 15 and under. Right, so he's doing the, the troop masters and then the scouts themselves. Tenderfoot. Tenderfoot. He's got troop master and tender, tenderfoot editions. Perfect. So, yeah. so younger players can check out the tenderfoot. Yep, but this is still Cthulhu, so 11, 15. Right, right. We're not talking eight-year-olds, we're talking... Uh, Preteen and teens. Yeah, and I'm looking to I'm looking forward to having Gayward back on so we can talk about the young people, older people breakdown to see who did what and who, which which set of groups was uh, more successful. Yeah, that would be interesting. Did the scouts out uh, out scout their masters, mm-hmm. so to speak? The other thing is Ed Gaylord, You know, uh, he does some great stuff with with local areas. Yeah. You know, he all of his games usually have a local flavor to them. Hence, Grandpa's Knob near Rutland. I've taken my inspiration from him in that. I, I, I like to keep my material local, too, because there's so much to draw on that people don't know about. Well, you know, northern New England is just very Cthulhu-esque anyways. It's kind of the birthplace, <laughs> really, when you think about it. There, I mean, you've got, I don't know if anyone's ever been to America's Stonehenge in New Hampshire, but in Maine just drips with, yeah. uh, you go up there at night, Maine is a spooky place at night. Yeah. You, you 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 open your eyes. You can't see your hand in front of your face in the right, right corners of me. That's right. And who knows what's up there? Mm-hmm. Even in the uh, northeast kingdom of Vermont and uh, so on, what's up there? You know what's going on? Maybe it's best not to know. I I'm thinking so. And then uh, we uh, we're also growing the story game area of of the role playing games, where story games are sort of they're less I am my character and I make my character's decisions, and it's more like. What's going to further an interesting story, and does this fit within a narrative and that, that you're constructing collectively, or sometimes most of the group is constructing and one person is orchestrating? Hmm, that, that sounds interesting. I'm not very familiar with the story game. Yeah, it's a, it's a new genre. Okay. Um, and then our good friend Charlton Wilbur is coming up from Massachusetts, and he's got a full docket of those to run. So in the story games, the story is more important than, say, the, the character development or... Character or the... development is part of the story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's less around... It's going to be... It, it is generally less, I need to make an attack roll. And, like, my, these are things I value and they're now dri- going to drive my action. You don't necessarily have an attack bonus. You have a will bonus or a, um, a drive to achieve your goal bonus. Okay. And then it's, it's, it's meant to be more collaborative and we're doing this together and it's not antagonistic. Whereas, you know, some convention well, games can become very antagonistic, well, like right, a barroom yes. brawl. Well, well the, yes, right. The barroom brawl, or, 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 you know, just your classic D&D, or whatever, because yeah. it's a one-off, and yep. who cares if you're halfling thieves? Yeah, we'll just make another one. That's right. It's exactly the same. And speaking of that, uh, people should check out the, it, look in the book for the old, the OSR tag, which is highlighting games from that 
the, the, the glory 80s of the uh, AD&D and Top Secret and Call of Cthulhu. So it's not just one genre, it's not just D&D, but it's anything from that era. No, it's, it's about the aesthetic of the 80s, where it was very gritty, and you your character knows what you know, and you need to make a use rope check to get across this bridge and things like that. Not use rope, you need to make a use bridge check. Right, right. More, you know, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. So Top Secret and various games like mm-hmm. that that happen. Game of World? I would love to have a Game of World. If somebody's listening, email me, and we will get you on the addenda. Mm-hmm. Yep, Traveler. Sure. Traveler would be awesome. Little black books everywhere. I know. Who, who doesn't love Traveler? Um, any old school Cthulhu? One of the great things I think about role-playing games is that they, in a convention setting, they are built for new for newcomers. Oh, absolutely. Like, because the, 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 the GM doesn't know who's coming to the table, so they need to build everything into the scenario and everything into the characters. They'll often get into very uh, more elaborate character sheets where everything's sort of explained out and you just need to roll a die and add some numbers. And you don't have to worry about secret moves or anything because everybody's, everybody's locked into the table for four hours and they're committed to having a good time. Right, right. I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, it's, if, you're, if you want to just try an RPG, mm-hmm. a convention is a great place to try one because you learn a little bit about the, the RPG, the genre, the, you know, and the rule set. You don't even have to have the rules in your head or know them. You know, the GM will lead you through it. Yep. So. Don't be intimidated by the fact that you're a newbie or anything. It, it, just go in eager and participate and ask questions, and the GM will be very excited to tell you, yep. to answer your question at length. Absolutely. If you're not certain what you want to play, you can often just wander through the room with a, with a vaguely inquisitive look, and someone will grab you. I can think of a couple GMs who, are, who have no qualms about you. Sit. Go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, try, try a little bit of everything. I mean, you know. What do you like? What do you not like? Just, you know, go try it all. Mm-hmm. There's a great smorgasbord, so to speak, of uh, RPGs at, at Carnage. Indie, yep. Independent uh, titles to Pathfinder to Wizards of the Coast to Old School to everything. So, so that's RPGs, but what about LARPs? Anything, right. anything, anything LARP. big for, for live-action role-playing? Part of Dr. Nick's busy schedule is uh, running the Saturday Night LARP Nocturne, which starts off as a mystery, so we can't tell you anything about it because it's literally... How did you get here? That's right. So uh, we don't even know. Nope. We don't know. Again, you're going to have to report back for us. That's true. You can just have your phone out, record the whole session. We'll get it up on. We'll get it up online. That's the Saturday Night LARP. I jumped ahead. Friday night is the triumphant return of a vampire LARP to uh, Carnage. Very good. Uh, that will be excellent. You know, the vampire, the vampire LARP has been missing a few years, and uh, we're happy to have it back. So mm-hmm. very happy to have it back. It's a mountainside convening of the vampire clans. And I'm really glad we have the chance to offer, you know, that sort of theatrical inter- high interaction LARP in addition to the traditional Realms Boffer LARP. Right. Uh, well, yeah, and Realms is back again for its 16th year. It's been with us since the very beginning. So. Wow. And it's, they always do a great job with that. It's a high energy group, and we're, it it's always high. fun to see them running around throwing their bean bags. Uh, yeah. Magic missile bean bags, and then you've got your boffer swords. Uh, Andy Disbro always is dressed up as an elf. Um, it's great; just a lot of fun, and and they're great with with the kids. And they will they will take sessions where they will teach the kids how to use the, the boffer swords correctly, and mm-hmm. and maybe make a sword or two. Yep, they have building sessions. So, um, you know, it's 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 really good. And and like I said, they've been with us since the beginning. So we're happy to have them back for the sixteenth year. So. And happy to have Vampire back, happy to have Nick back in the LARPing arena. He took a couple years off. Right. I mean, I think it's a great year for LARPs. We've had, we've had some uh, 
the larks have been kind of low, uh, hit a low lull the last couple of years. So it's great to see them back. Yep. And we're going to hit steampunk with a steampunk murder mystery Saturday afternoon. I have I have heard that. I have heard that. So that should be good too if mm-hmm. you're into the steampunk. Yep. Which seems like everyone is these days. Goggles, top hats, waistcoats. Differential engine. Oh, the difference engine. <laughs> I don't know if the room's going to be big enough for that. We might have to get, keep that outside. We do have a whole building. We do. For the RPGs and LARPs, so. And as I recall, Babbage's design would have taken the whole building. <laughs> it is a good-sized building, though. Mm-hmm. Very excited about the space we're moving into. Absolutely. We have uh, plenty of great, great gaming space, so. So, uh, by the time this episode drops, the book will be in production. Probably might be wending its way through the mail. But uh, if, if, it hasn't found, if it hasn't showed up in your mailbox by now, and, and it has in the past, that means it will be showing up shortly. Correct. And if you want to get a copy of the book, and, you're not, and you miss the mailing, you will be able to find it at some of your friendly local game stores. Yep, there will definitely be some at Quarterstaff and at Triple Play and uh, various other game stores throughout New England and New York. So, And it will also be downloadable from the CarnageCon website, which is CarnageCon.com. Uh, it'll be the topmost news post. Download the 2013 convention book. And there will be a downloadable schedule grid for the people who are visually oriented. Perfect. And uh, I believe that we're, we will have a map in the book this year. Yes, our centerfold. Yes, yes. It will be... Uh, a map of our new digs, so to speak, uh, layout of, of all the areas where gaming will be taking place and various other things mm-hmm. uh, throughout the convention. And I think I think you're gonna like it. We're we're very happy with it. So it's a great space. I want to visit it more often than once a year. It's so nice. Oh yeah, and it's beautiful. I mean, you know, it's gonna be mountains, uh, mountains in Vermont mm-hmm. instead of the lake. Although we do have a snowmaking pond out back and a bridge and a bridge. So, uh, between now and uh, November 8th, Rod, what's going to be the the top thing on your mind? Boy, I don't know. I mean, we're getting to the end here with the the book, and uh, basically we're going to be hitting a few spots to last some last pushes, Council of Five Nations. Um, I'll be going, personally going down to the Boston um, Indie Fest, the the gaming fest, um, because some local have gotten their game, their their board game prototype in there. Cool. Um, so maybe we'll have more on that later. Yeah. Uh, depending on how that all goes. Um, and just really doing my own gaming. Keeping busy. Keeping busy. You gotta yeah. keep in shape. Stay limber. Keep in shape. Uh, we have we do have the Green Mountain Gamers in September. Right? Yes. Which, the Green Mountain Gamers have their their annual Fall Aloha. Yeah. In Burlington this year at yep. Christ the King School, which is September fourteenth. Yeah, right in the south end of town. Very convenient right. to the interstate. Perfect. Uh, it, it's the second time they've held it there, and it was an excellent space last time. Mm-hmm. I hope we get the backgammon player back. She was nice. Yes, yes. And that was fun. Ba- I, you know, backgammon is one, one of the first games I ever learned how to play. I used to play with my uncle all the time. I love backgammon. So. That and cribbage. So. Classic Vermont games. So yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat. I'm just going to be... Well, no, I need to finish my Ghostbusters adventure and do my legwork on that. That's what I'm going to be doing until November 8th. Right, right up until it's run, right? Yeah, constantly making changes, adding more things, and making it harder. Is that a Sunday game? It's so Friday, Sunday. Friday, Sunday. So it'll be ready for Friday and tweaked by Sunday. Yeah, Friday. I'll, I'll, I'm running it with friends, and then so Friday I'll be prepared. But Sunday will be, you know, pinnacle moment. So everybody has to stay the whole weekend, right, right to the last session, and then play Ghostbusters. 
Correct. Correct. Because it's actually some of our better games on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's funny how that worked out. It is. It really is. I mean, there's some, there's some great RPGs, some great uh, board games, and so on. Mm-hmm. And the Netrunner Yeah, Netrunner. Always a Netrunner. Always a Netrunner. Rod, thanks for uh, stepping out of that ministry. Ah, my pleasure. You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com.